0: Church, we have an awesome God, don't we? He is good. Uh, we have a good God. He is sovereign and he loves you. Isn't that a good word to hear? Are you guys smiling? Sometimes you guys bring in some seriousness, you know. Uh, and though we have to get into some seriousness of God's word. But, church, you know, I've shared with you how I love stories of missionaries, I love their commitment. I love their grit. I love to see their vision, to, to see people come to believe in Jesus Christ and they were willing to move and travel all around the world to do whatever God led them to do. I love reading stories of people who have done daring things. We kind of talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, dangerous things. I also love people who are visionaries. Uh, you know people that have awesome ideas that have changed the world as we know it inventions and and just creating things that have changed our world improved our world for the most part and Henry Ford was one of those men now raise your hand if you know who Henry Ford is if you have a Ford you ought to know um, who Henry Ford is but if you don't know Henry Ford was an American industrial what I would call an industrial visionary a businessman for the most part, created and innovated the, um, the uh, assembly line to have mass production of vehicles. He created the first automobile, and the middle class Americans could afford and profoundly in, were impacted by this in the 20th century. He once said this, impossible means you haven't found the solution yet. I love that because at time and time again, when you read his life, they would come against a wall and he had a vision to get beyond that. And everybody would say, this is impossible. And he just knows that impossible means we just haven't found the solution yet. Uh, what's interesting is one, he, he had this revolutionary plan to invent what we know as the V8 today and Ford was eager to get his new great this, this idea into production so he had the plans drawn up he brings in his engineers they study the drawings and came to the same conclusion that their visionary boss didn't understand the fundamental principles of engineering that well and they had to let him down gently and tell him it was impossible Ford said this Produce it anyway, and they replied, "But it's impossible." Ford said, "Go ahead, make it happen. Stay on the job until you succeed, no matter how much time is required." So for six months, they struggled with drawing after drawing, design after design, and nothing. Again, six more months passed by, and nothing. At the end of the year, Ford checked with his engineers, and they once they told him again. It was impossible. Ford told them to keep going. Obviously, they're like, are you serious that we're to continue to try this thing that's impossible? But they continued to listen, and they finally accomplished it. And they discovered how to build a V8 engine, and it was unveiled in 1932. Now, church, this inspiring story reminds me of Christianity and the church. Sometimes we say just as Christians, as a church, we can't do it. It can't be done. It's impossible. In fact, I've heard people say, we've tried before and it didn't work. It's impossible. But here's the thing, we believe in a God who is in the business of making impossible possible, church. Amen? We believe in the God who all things are possible with. This is the God we believe in. About uh, 1,200 years ago, there was a church leader named Francis of Assisi, and uh, his name was Francis. He's of Assisi. And he said this, start by doing what is necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. And, And here it is. We get up each day If we do what's necessary, if we do what is possible within our means, God will do the impossible in our life. You see, what has happened is we're grasping at impossible first. God has never called you to do impossible. He has called you to be obedient what He calls you to do. And a lot of times, these are possible things that we can do, and then God does the miracle. He does the impossible. In fact, you're called to do basic ordinary things and God does the extraordinary when we are faithful and obedient to him now in our text today Jesus talks about what's possible with God if you would look with me in Matthew chapter 19 we have this on the screen just two verses we looked at Mark chapter 10 last week it is similar passage here the same story of the rich young ruler and I'm pulling out these simple two verses here When the disciples heard this, because God, Jesus called this rich young man to give up his stuff and follow him, but he leaves, and Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it into heaven. When the disciples heard this, they are greatly astonished. You mean this young man has kept this law, this guy that we would look up to, it's impossible for him to get into heaven? Uh, They're astonished, saying, who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. Man cannot save himself, but with God, all things are possible. Amen, church. Let's pray together today. God in heaven, we love you. Lord, we thank you that we can gather as your church, as your people. Lord, I thank you for those who have arrived early today uh, to serve, to help to teach, uh, Lord, those who came to hear and learn and be discipled by You. Uh, Lord, here it is, we are here to worship You. And I pray that we are learning to do what You've called us to do. Uh, these simple things that we need to be faithful in. And that You will open the door for greater things. As You are the God who opens doors. As You are the God who puts down one and lifts up another. As you are the God of possible, nothing is impossible with you. I pray that we are just obedient, uh, that we follow you in what you tell us to do. Lord, bless your words as they go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the Scripture, we see the second part of what we were dealing with last week, the scenario with this rich young ruler who comes to Jesus seeking eternal life. Jesus commands him, go sell your stuff, give it to the poor, come and follow me. You will have riches in heaven. You will have eternal life. Um, and, And this is what we talked about. For this man to live dangerously for Jesus, to do what Jesus is calling him to do, he had to sever from the things that were endangering his soul. That's what we deal with da- daily. Jesus is calling us to eternal life. There's things that are pulling us away from God. Yet this man, when he was given the opportunity to have eternal life, to have riches and glory, when that's the very question he asked. What can I do? Do this. And he said... You know, I'm not going to do that. I have a lot of stuff. And it says that he went away sorrowful because he owned a lot of possessions. Uh, Before we get into this, I do want to talk about the fact that I believe in a sovereign God who loves us and enables us. So the way Christianity works, uh, it breaks down all of Christianity is made up of various denominations that emphasize certain things. And some will emphasize the greatness of God, and some will emphasize the goodness of God. I am one who believes in the sovereignty of God, but also the free will of man. But I believe God enables us where these things come together and meet daily. We have a a sovereign God who is seeking us, but at the same time, the Scriptures tell us to seek Him. So He is seeking us, but He's calling us to seek Him. He calls us to do these things, but at the same time, without God, It is impossible for us to do these great things for God. We need Him involved in our lives. He is sovereign. He enables us to respond. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about in the text. With man, this is impossible. He cannot respond in and of Himself without me enabling Him that He responds to the light, the truth, and the ability with free will. With these things... There is things that we are called to do that are very possible. I would say, you know, the world prays. Not everybody believes in the same God. Not everybody believes in the one true God. But you can pray. Uh, We get up and we go to work and we do some very simple things that are basic things that end up being very impossible things after we're doing them. And we think that we can't do the simple things that Jesus has called us to do, but they are very much... Possible for us to do as God's people. So today, what I want you to see is that we need to learn to do the possible. It says here that Jesus said to them, if, it said to him, if you, if you would be perfect, or if you want to enter into the kingdom or have eternal life, sell your possessions, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now, between you and me, Jesus says this is a hard thing. However, it is very possible. It is very possible to sell your stuff and give it up and follow Jesus. There have been thousands of people who have been able to do this. And here it is. If we want to see God do the impossible in our lives, in our church, in our community, we as God's people have to be faithful with what is possible. We, we take the first steps, we do the small things, and God works and moves in those things each day. Do what's possible, and God will do the impossible. Let's think of some of the things that we have made impossible in our culture. I want you to think about marriage. You look at your parents, you look at your grandparents, and you wonder how they stayed together 50 or 75 years in a marriage. And here it is. We look at the miracle, <laughs> the impossibility first. But if you ask them you know, how they did it, they would just tell you they did what was possible. That they did what they were called to do. That There was love and respect in the marriage. That they took it one day at a time. That they didn't give up when there was one little fight. They didn't give up on the 80% that is good for the 20% or 10% that is bad. Uh, They were willing to stay faithful to God for the most part. And their marriage, you look at it, you're like, how? 50 years did they do this? I remember when we were coming close to 10 years. I mean, we were at seven, and I remember reading a statistic. The average marriage only lasts nine years these days. I read that over 10 years ago, so it could be either or now. The average marriage lasts nine years. And it makes it seem... Like 25 years and 50 years is impossible. My wife and I are coming up in two years on 25 years. How do you do that? Uh, Thank you. (laughs) We need it. Please. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, is you do the possible. And God does the impossible as he's working in and through your life. Um, Retirement. I, I look at people, I was like, how are you able to retire? I'm meaning people that say they retired early. And I was like, can you do that? I want to sign up for that package. Uh, I remember watching a commercial years ago with this guy, at graduation, and someone comes up to him and says, what do you plan to do with your future? And he says, I've reviewed all of my options. He rips off his, his cap and gown, and he's got this retirement clothes on. He says, I just decided to go ahead and retire. You know, that I've searched my options, I was like... Can we go ahead and retire? It is possible to turn off your phone before you come to church. It's not, it's not impossible. Um, but here it is. In our culture, uh, you know, we, we were like, is retirement out of our grasp? And today everyone wants the brand new car first. They want the large home. Um, they, they're, but they're not even putting money away in the 401k, And if you have a 401k. And here it is. Are you preparing? Are you doing the small things along the way? Doing the possible. And I look back at our you know, people that have been faithful over the years um, that, and how what they did and that they were able to retire because they took a little portion each month or each week and set it aside. It's basically the principle of what Joseph did to rescue all of Egypt. They set aside a small percent, and it added up over time if you're not touching it. Um, And today, here it is. Churches are here because people did the possible. Uh, They set aside money, 10% of your income. If you have never tithed before, and the pastor preaches on tithes and offerings, and you look at your income the way it is now and where all your money goes, that looks impossible, doesn't it? The mat, You're like, how is this going to work? This is what's going out. But if we are obedient in what is possible, that you get together, you look at your finances, that you create, you, you, you can do a spreadsheet and show what's going out, what's coming in, and you look and you will find out you're doing a lot of things you shouldn't be doing with your finances. And you cut those things away and you realize before long, it is possible to give 10% to God. And then he does the impossible, the thing you thought you weren't going to be able to do. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to take care of all these things? And a lot of times you realize that you were just, you know, spending money where you shouldn't. And then God blesses you in those things. By the way, just so you know, we have this thing in our culture in Christianity, Protestant Christianity, where we are against um, what we call, you know, this faith uh, prosperity gospel. There is prosperity in following Jesus, just so you know. If you're obedient with your money, there is some prosperity with that. If you're doing the small things that Jesus has called you to do, the possible things, God does some radically impossible things in your life. Whole ministries have grown from people who did the possible with giving to God uh, the tenth, and He did the providing, and the impossible happens. And there's something that God gave me, and I've shared it on Facebook. There's a diagram here. I want you to see it. I came across this a few years ago, and I want to share it with you today. Ten things that take zero talent. People have made, in our culture, showing up to work on time impossible. It doesn't matter if you set somebody at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11... It is a character issue if they can't show up on time to whatever it may be. But look here. These are doable things that it doesn't take any talent to do. The first thing, being on time. Uh, We're in a culture where people make it like it's impossible. Here it is. Where I'm from, we had to commute everywhere. Everywhere was 20 to 30 minutes away. If you're late in Casper when everything's 10 minutes away, there might be a character problem if you're showing up late all the time. Second thing I want you to see takes zero talent. Making an effort. You don't have to have any kind of talent to make an effort, to show up on time, make an effort, and do a job. Being high energy. I'm so tired. You're tired because you stayed out late last night. You went to bed late, you're tired, but you can have the energy without talent to do your job. Having a positive attitude. Now, I almost want to say this is impossible in our culture. Um, it, It takes zero talent to have a positive attitude. A lot of people are hard workers. They'll show up on time, but they bring this negative vibe when they walk into the room. Everybody's like, oh, what happened in here? And they walk out, it gets better again. But you can bring a positive attitude and it doesn't take a lot of talent to do that. Being passionate about something, a cause, what God is calling us to do. Church and Christianity takes zero talent. Six, using good body language. Uh, that you can. This is what they were teaching Savannah in uh, a little elementary school when we lived in Kentucky. They were teaching young people to stop looking at this all the time. And to actually look people in the face and shake their hand. It's not impossible to have good body language. To look at and of go, oh, hey, you know. uh, You can actually look, hey, man, it is good to see you. High five, shake a hand. You can have good body language without talent. Um, Being coachable. One of the greatest challenges in our culture is that people think they know it all. I come up here, I was told a long time ago, you're going to preach to people that are much smarter than you. And I was like, I'm not a smart man, (laughs) but I will do my best. Um, And here it is. We have to be teachable, that you're willing to learn. I ask people weird questions, and and I'm I'm specific. How do you do that? What do you do? I want to know how to do these things. That you should have people in your life that you're willing to learn from, that you're teachable, that you're learnable, that you are coachable. Um, Doing a little extra And this will pay off. In a culture where people show up late, don't want to do their job, and still have all the package and and, and paid time leave, do a little extra that makes you stand out. One of my daughters was invited to be part of some kind of leadership program at college. You pay into it, you have some meetings, and and you're going through this leadership program. And it's like, what do you think, Dad? I said, whatever adds something to your resume that makes you stand out. If somebody's looking at a resume and everything's the same except you have some leadership skills, boom, you're getting the job. Do a little bit extra that makes you stand out That says, hey, I'm in this thing. I want to be here. I want to be a part of this. It doesn't take a lot of talent to do a little extra. Being prepared, uh, showing up on time, being prepared, being ready to do what you're called to do. I remember hearing about a Sunday school teacher years ago that died on his knees praying for his Sunday school class. And I was like, that is awesome Um, that, you know, they were that committed to being prepared to teach their Sunday school class, showing up on time, greeting people as they're coming in, praying for them ahead of time. When God first called me to start teaching Sunday school, the pastor was like, Derek, we need a Sunday school teacher. You said you're called. I was like, what am I going to do? And I, I just started studying and I would stay up till like two and three in the morning Till Sunday morning, from Saturday night to Sunday morning, go to bed and wake up, and we would go, and I, it's like God refreshed me in that, but I knew going in that I was prepared. You know, I, I, I used to go through and study all the Greek words. I wanted to know exactly what they meant, Aramaic or Hebrew, and then I found out basic words, the and all and all those always meant the same thing, so I started saying, okay, I don't have to study those anymore, but being prepared uh, matters. Having a strong work ethic. You know, I, you know, you hope your kids trust in Jesus and continue to follow him. But at least we could do at the minimal is create people that show up on time, that have a strong work ethic, that care. You know, I think at the end of the day, the core of that is one that would believe in Jesus and wants to do good in their job because it points to Jesus. But all of these things are possible. Uh, You can do this and not be born again, for crying out loud, for the most part. These are doable things. Now, let's look, think about some of the heroes of the faith. What were they able to do? Noah was called to build an ark. A flood is coming. He has to save two of every kind of animal. They're coming and he's doing this job with his sons. And I'm like, that's impossible. You know, I just asked me to do a project at the house and I'm like that is impossible. <laughs> Honey, it's just hanging a sign. I just we don't have the hanger stuff. She's like, "I already picked it up." Oh, man. God. Uh, these things are possible. Following Jesus step by step, little by little. Abraham had, was called to a, a foreign country. Didn't know really where he was going. Church, that is very possible. To pack up your stuff and go where God is calling you, and then God provided and God did the impossible. Philip the Evangelist was selected by the church to be a deacon, to serve tables. God moves it, he does the basic serving. Keeping up with money, serving tables, helping people, feeding the poor. God moves in his life and does impossible. He's called and shares the gospel in Samaria and a revival breaks out and people are saved. Just doing the small things he could do. The Apostle Paul says yes. He encounters Jesus Christ. He he goes away uh, to Arabia and studies the word of God, comes back. He's actually doing basic things in the church at first. He's learning and watching. And then the Spirit of God moves and says, I want you to set aside Paul and Silas. They were just doing the basic things and following Jesus, what was possible. Praying, studying, showing up, worshiping, doing what God called them to do. I look up to men and women who have been committed to Christ and His church for years. Um, When we were moving Hannah and Josh into their apartment in Laramie, I'd heard the news about a friend at a past church who had gotten pancreatic cancer, and we were praying for them. I saw a picture just a few months ago where he didn't look healthy, so I was inquiring what was going on. And I texted him and called him, and there was no answer, so I called his wife, and I was praying with her on a Monday and talking to her, and she said, I said, is, you know, is Andy coherent where I can chat with him? She said, no, he's in comfort care at this time. So I prayed with her, And I got the text the very next day that Andy had passed. Andy Strader was in his 40s when we were in our 20s. And it was just like God was moving in this church. And people were saying yes to little small things. And there was families coming 45 minutes away from another city, another town. Some other people uh, left a church that God wasn't moving in to come to this little work. And they served... And gave it their all. And here it is. The week before he passed, he was doing well enough to go to church. And they had this big celebration. They were going to burn this, the lien for the church. In 2009, that church owed $750,000. And they paid it off. And the pastor had Andy burn the thing. And it was just a wonderful celebration. So two things going on at the same time. The impossible, there's the possible things that we can do, and God does the impossible working through people, paying off almost a million dollars in a little over ten years. is possible when we are obedient to God. These people did the possible. They sought God. Um, They were committed to what God called them to do. God never told Moses to go into the water and start taking buckets and taking water out. That would have never worked. He just said, be faithful. And God did the impossible. Jesus said this, and I love this. One who is faithful in very little will also be faithful in much. And a lot of times we want this big project, we want to be the CEO, the boss, the manager, the supervisor, all these kinds of things, and we have to learn to be obedient and faithful in the small things first. And when we are obedient and faithful in the small things, God starts opening up doors to other things, because if you're a good steward of small, you can be a good steward of large. And God opens that and makes things possible for us to do in His kingdom. Be good with the small things. Here, we need to be faithful with the small. What happens is we see the big and the miracle and it intimidates us. And we're like, we could never do that. But God is calling you just to be obedient and faithful in the possible things. And He opens the doors and does the other things. I encourage people to excel in the small things. To take these little tasks that you are given And do your best in them. I mean, show God, glorify God in these things, and He opens the doors for bigger and better things. Do the possible, and God will do the impossible. Let's do the possible, church. So God can do the miracle. You heard me share last week, a lot of times we're not even willing to, to do anything. And you're like, where's the miracles? But you have to put yourself out there. You have to start taking these steps and and doing what God has called you to do, to do the little things that he's called you to do so he can do the big miracles in your life. Let's look at this as we prepare to close. God will do the impossible, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He's talking about salvation. Jesus said that you can't save yourself. This rich man cannot save himself. He has to believe in me. A rich man will give up his things and follow me when they believe and God works and this impossible thing can happen. So what has God done? He has done impossible things for Christian ministries in missionaries lives in christians lives opening up doors of possibility doing things that we never thought would happen and god does it he does the impossible praying you can pray you may break your habits in praying uh, i'm not sure how long you pray but i guarantee you you can pray a prayer and you can challenge yourself in praying longer prayers you cannot save your loved ones but you can pray for them to be saved and there may be people around the world that you have a burden for in another culture that you're praying for. Maybe you're not able to go, or maybe God is not leading you to go. But you can pray for someone to go. You can pray for God to work, and He shows up and does the miracle. I think studying this, reading this, um, you start off reading it, and, and this is what's possible. You can open a book, and we can look up verses, and we can read these things at any moment. And God shows up and does the impossible. And you are allowed to see and understand the word of God and it convicts you and you're able to say yes and learn what it means to follow Jesus Um, and seeking. Again, we're called to seek him. It doesn't say get saved and then seek him. It says that you are to seek God while He is near. He has positioned you in the world that you may be in a place where you would find Him. And then you find out that God is actually coming after you. You did the possible. Then He did the impossible. And you are saved by faith or by grace through faith. God does the impossible. For the most part, God is calling us, for the most part, to show up first. And we, Our culture is moving away from doing the simple things. We've made the simple things hard. Again, our culture, struggling just to show up on time to a job. Struggling to be invested in the things that God is calling us to do, the small tasks so He can move. But He's calling us to be obedient in the simple things so He can work mightily based on our faith and obedience and trying to do what He's called us to do. Now what has happened is we have taken the impossible part and we've tried to place that on our shoulders. And every time we do that, we fold under that. I cannot do what God has called me to do. God ha- I just had to be obedient and say yes, and He does the miracle. He does the impossible. We just have to say yes by faith and being obedient and showing up. Again, as we're closing, I'm ask Jay to come. I, have, I love missionaries. I love reading about missionaries. I read uh, earlier this year about C.T. Studd, who was a missionary to Africa, untouched areas of the gospel, uh, all kinds of men and women who've trusted in Jesus Christ. Now, raise your hand if you've ever heard of William Carey. All right. I love it when three people were on board with what I'm talking about. Uh, but we have it on the screen in case you don't know who he was. Now, William Carey lived in the 1700s during a time where they didn't have... Uh, photography and they would actually draw pictures. This picture was drawn of him later in life. He grew up very extremely poor in England. His parents were uh, weavers and he helped weave things and over time his dad got a better job as a secretary at a a church and he was able to be a teacher in the school program and his family kind of upgraded some that went from living in this rundown home as weavers and able to put food on the table. And God puts this spirit in William to learn. The greatest education he ever had was middle school. But he taught himself at the age of 12, taught himself Latin. Over time, he would teach himself French. He would teach himself Hebrew and all kinds of languages. God continues to move in his life. He ends up becoming a shoemaker. He's making shoes. He learns a trade. He's making more money, doing well. He's being a pastor, struggling through these things. But God placed a burden on William Carey's heart to win people in other countries that do not know Jesus Christ. Now during this time in England, they were very highly influenced by Calvinism, and they would say, "If God wanted the heathen saved, he would save them." And his argument was. The way God saves people is he sends people to share the gospel. So he's going up against some resistance, and he creates this missionary society. He writes a book about foreign missions, and this movement starts to happen. And this missionary society decides to send two missionaries to India, and it is William Carey and Dr. Thomas. And they go, they they don't know how they're going to pay for it. God provides every step of the way. They go through challenge and trial. People are dying. It took six years before they got their first official convert. But he was faithful in the small things. At one point, he cleared some land that he could provide for his family to plant and grow vegetables. He built a hut for his family to live in in India. And then God showed up. He gets a letter that says he need, they need workers to uh, be managers at this indigo, this coloring factory where they produced indigo. indigo it was a great thing during this time. And uh, God is moving, providing. It gives him more time to share the gospel, and he starts translating. He learned the Indian language. Uh, he starts translating the Bible into Sanskrit. And God provides. They buy a printing press. They start producing Bibles in the language of the Indian people. He, he um, translates the Bible in six different languages during his lifetime. Uh, they're sending out tracts. God is blessing. He becomes a professor at a school. A young man who didn't even have, or a man that didn't even have a, beyond middle school uh, education, formal education, that is, but teaching himself, he starts a Christian college to educate the people of India. And, and before long, hundreds of people are saved, and that college is still in Seminport today. It is still there, and still they're still sharing the gospel, raising up ministers. And I'm thinking about that, and how he got to that place, and all it began with was doing what was possible. He could pick up a book. We can teach ourselves things. We can pursue Jesus. We can say yes, we can pray, and if God puts a burden on our heart, we can say yes to those things. He, God moves radically in such a way, and they stopped. This is what was going on in India in the 1700s and the 1800s. Infanticide. They would worship gods by casting their children into the river for the crocodiles to eat. He started pushing against that. Before long, they outlawed it. Uh, there was another, uh, something else they called uh, Sadie. Raise your hand if you've heard of Sadie. Sadie was the practice, if the husband died, that they would burn alive the wife with the husband, even if it was a betrothed young girl at 11 years old. He warred against that, and before long, they would stop that practice, and he disrupted the caste system, because one man was willing to say yes and do the small things. Now, here it is. You have this picture. He's bald on top. He was bald from the age of his early 20s. He had gotten sick, and his hair just fell out. I mean, it's just all these radical things are happening to this man, William Carey. This is what he's most known for saying. I want you to see this. Expect great things from God, and attempt great things for God. You know how we attempt great things for God? By just saying yes to the possible. Saying yes to the small things. And then God does the impossible church. As we close, we're going to stand, we're going to sing together. We're going to worship Jesus Christ. And if you want to come and pray, let's come in and pray and say, God, do the impossible in my life. Help me do what is possible. Amen, church. Let's come and pray. Let's sing to the Lord.